Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for uh, being here. Week five of the dad's class. You have survived. Uh, way to go. Um, and I really do just want to say thanks for uh, jumping in with us on this, this. And just a reminder, I mean, we do stuff like dad's class and in the other room, they're doing a few good men for the guys that don't have kids. And um, all the, the topical stuff that we're doing that, that puts you around these tables is really important, right? We're talking about being a dad. We're talking about being a, a, having a biblical view of manhood. But it's just a reminder, those are things that just, just kind of capture our heart and push us to walk deeply with Christ and train us to specifically how to be a good dad or how to walk in biblical manhood. But just a reminder that today's the last day, okay, and one of the things that you guys will talk about at your tables when you're done today is, hey, what's next for me? And just remember that the dad's class is not a check the box, I'm done. Dad's class is just five weeks for you to kind of help you hone in on a specific area of your discipleship. But you got to figure out what, what, what's next. What am I going to do? Even taking a break from formalized curriculum or formalized meeting can be a really good thing as long as you double down in your own disciplines with Christ and spend time with him, spend time in God's word, spend time memorizing. So it's just a reminder today, hey, that we are on a lifelong journey to walk deeply with Jesus. And this has just been a five-week window where we focused uh, on dad. So um, I get to introduce one of my close, close friends. Um, the, The fun story about John McGee and I is back in the early days of Watermark, um, John was helping me run the small group ministry uh, at Watermark, and so I hired him as a guy to come in and do small groups. And most of you don't know about this kind of ugly season at Watermark, kind of year two or year three, where we moved away from community groups and went to this thing we called a shepherding structure. And from most people's perspective, it was an absolute disaster. Okay, well, that decision happened two weeks after we had hired John, okay, to be a small groups guy. And so at the two-week mark, we moved to this shepherding structure, and we kind of say to John, hey, we love you. We think you got amazing gifts. Come hang out with us, but you're now the marriage guy. And so he went from small groups to marrieds, and now John is running... uh, probably the most effective marriage ministry in our country uh, in terms of the impact that we're having as we prepare couples to be married, as we help married couples in foundation groups get ready to walk biblically in their marriage. And then, as you guys know, uh, we talk about re-engage all the time around here, uh, a ministry that is helping marriages that are in crisis or need a tune-up or whatever. So uh, re-engage is now in 100 churches countrywide, and all because John came on staff at Watermark to be a small groups pastor, right? Uh, so besides being a great marriage um, leader of marriage ministry in our country, John is an amazing dad. And so uh, as I've watched all our people on staff and I kind of got to pick and choose uh, who could come here and teach us on what it means to uh, disciple your kids, especially to be intentional. One of the things you've heard from several of the speakers is uh, having a fun house Uh, in the midst of discipling your kids. The McGee's do that uh, in spades. And uh, he'll, uh, hopefully he'll tell you some stories of things they've done. And um, he's got amazing kids, number one, but he does a great job of being intentional with them. So let me pray for you guys, pray for John, and then we'll jump in today. Father, thank you for 
uh, the privilege and for another Thursday morning uh, to be with you, um, to, to be with other men and talk about one of the roles you've given us of being a dad. Father, I pray that you would convict us today. I pray that you would encourage us. I pray that you would guide and direct us. Um, Father, but we want to walk away today with one or two things we can do to kind of change the direction uh, of our family. And so, Lord, we can't do all the stuff we've talked about in this class. That would be crazy. But we can walk away with some ideas about how to love you more deeply and how to disciple our kids. And so, Father, be with John today as he gets to teach us and uh, pray that you would uh, continue to bless him, his family, and his ministry. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, buddy. All right. Hey, fellas, it is fun uh, to be with you. Kyle, how much time do I have? I've got 641. Okay, great, which is a bummer. Uh, <laughs> I feel like a mosquito in a nudist colony, man. I'm really excited to be here, and we've got a lot to do, and not sure where to start, right? Um, so uh, married 20 years to my wife, uh, my high school sweetheart, Pam. Uh, we've got four kids. Uh, Dawson is 16, Madison is 14, Emerson, uh, Hudson is 12, and Emerson is 10. And, um, man, I, I love it. I love it. I, uh, I love what I do professionally. There's lots of other interests I have. Uh, but outside of my relationship with God and my wife, this is the thing that uh, I lay awake at night dreaming about. And it is an amazing gift, I think, to be a dad. And uh, it's also incredibly, incredibly sobering when I think about just the, um, the stewardship responsibility that God has been given me. Uh, to me, and uh, it's, sometimes it's, it's overwhelming. And, and so <laughs> I don't know, man, what it's like to sit here. I, we did this years ago at Watermark, and I remember just going, uh, I don't know if this is being recorded, but I, I'd leave like most days just going, oh, crap, like I've got, I've got to do all this, you know, and I'm, I'm accountable for it. And um, I remember just feeling a bit overwhelmed. Um, and so if that's where you are, uh, know that you are not alone. And I would encourage you, as Kyle said, just take a couple, couple ideas and begin to kind of implement them um, and leverage um, your circle, leverage the guys that you're with, okay? So um, in, in a short time, I think uh, my three words were pray, plan, and initiate that, uh, that Kyle gave me. And I want to start with the uh, initiate part. So uh, being on staff since 02, I've worked with lots of dads, lots of, lots of um, marriages. And I will just tell you that one of the things I think that, uh, that tanks a family uh, as much as anything other than sin um, is just, and it, this is, a, this is a, a type of sin, is um, the failure to initiate, or one, one way we might say it is, is passivity, especially in men. And if you guys remember back in the garden um, account, uh, Genesis uh, 3, uh, 6, and 7, um, so I think, uh, yeah, I'll read it to you. So when the woman saw the fruit of the tree, that it was good um, and pleasing to the eye and also, also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate, and she also gave some of it to her husband, check this out, who was with her, and he ate it. So Eve always gets the, the bad rap, right? Why is, what is the problem of, uh, in this world? Where did it all start? It started with Eve's sin, and 
and if you caught that, what's going on is Adam was right there with her. Right? He, he, knew, he knew God's rules. Now, he didn't actually initiate that sin. That was his wife's, but he was absolutely a part of it. And he didn't speak up. And here's what's always been fascinating to me. In Romans 5.12, it says that sin entered the man, or entered the world through one, anybody know? Man. <laughs> right? And it's like, a, a, that's a gender specific sense, not a gender neutral. Sin entered the world through one Man, And the point, the argument of Romans 5 is that since uh, sin entered the world through one man, um, sin can also be paid for um, and can exit through one man in Christ. And that's, that's, the, uh, that's the argument of Romans 5. But God in some ways held Adam accountable. And I think, I think it's just good for us to know that, uh, guys, that we are accountable for our families. Now, we might not be tanking them, Right? We might not be actively subverting what God's trying to do, but by our lack of initiation, I think we can be held accountable uh, just the same way uh, that Adam was. Um, golly. Um, read a great book years ago, uh, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Anybody read that book before? Okay. It's a non-Christian book, but uh, it's for generally like creatives, like uh, writers and artists and things like that. Well, uh, we'll read it. Um, but one of the things that Kyle and I have talked about this uh, it, that, that really resonated with me is that uh, it talked about passivity, um, but he used the word, a non-Christian word called resistance. And so for him, there was always resistance between anything he wanted to do and any, anything um, that he did. Right? If there was something worthwhile out there, there was resistance between him um, and that thing, writing, getting in shape, whatever. It was like this mythical force in the universe that all of a sudden showed up anytime he was trying to do something. And I think that's a, good, that's a really good way to think about passivity and even to kind of like personify it and say, it's not just a mythical force, it's almost like a person, and it probably is because it's the enemy. Um, and so what's really been helpful to me when I, when I know that I'm supposed to initiate with my kids, when I know that I'm supposed to move towards them and I'm tired or I don't want to, it's really helpful for me just to kind of have an image of passivity, of resistance. And so uh, I don't use this one as much, but when my kids were little and it was time to tuck them in uh, bed and I was just beat and I had a choice to stay on the couch or do something else or go down the hall and kind of engage with them one last time, uh, tell them one more story, you know, whatever. Um, I would think about this guy like in a, a wife beater, white, um, like, turtle uh, uh, tank top, you know, with a big beer belly. And he was just kind of standing there. He's like, dude, just take the easy way out, John. Like, you don't have to do this, right? No one's going to know. Um, just, just, just stay on the couch, you know? Or like, he's like right beside me going, no, 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 dude, just, just stay here. And, uh, and I just, I had this visual over and over and over again of going, man, I've got to take this guy out. Like, I've got to, I've got to stand up punch them in the mouth and go be with my kids or go play in a weekend or go have a hard conversation. Um, and it was really, really helpful that I didn't want to be the, didn't want to give in to this, you know, um, Homer Simpson figure uh, here. I wanted to be God's man. And he always seemed to show up when I needed to do something of substance or that mattered with my kids. And that was really helpful. I think the metaphor that's been really helpful for me now uh, is just this idea uh, of, a, of a shot clock. 
And so my kid, my oldest son is 16. He's a sophomore in high school, right? He's almost done with the sophomore year, which means I'm going to have this summer, and then I will have the next summer after that, and then he, he graduates and he's gone. And so when they want to jump on the trampoline, when, they, when I know there's something in their life I, I need to address, when there's something that I, I could plan, I could spend some money, I could do something, but I don't want to, what's been incredibly helpful is to imagine this little shot clock above their head. And it's running. And it's always running. And so for Dawson, you know, it's, it's now uh, T minus two years. But every second... Every minute, it's winding down. And uh, very, very soon, it's going to go to zero. Game over. No more shots. No more planning. No more, wouldn't it be great if? It's done. And that has really helped me as I think about, should I or could I? Or what about next week? It's just to go, I've got to take the shots while I can when that buzzer hits zero, it doesn't matter how good your three-point shot is. Uh, you can't take any of them. And so that's been incredibly helpful to me. So guys, just know that, we, that we've got this passivity thing, the sin of, we are sons of Adam, it's passed down to us. Um, and we've got a limited window and we've got to take advantage of it. Okay, don't be that guy um, that waits, that thinks that oh, I'll get to it tomorrow. Um, We've, we've got to do this, okay? Um, so just a couple of the thoughts with, um, that, I, that I've learned along the way when it comes to passivity and initiation. One is that I will execute ideas <clears throat> if they're my own. So that's just my sin nature. But when my wife says, hey, I've got a great idea for our family. What if we do X? Immediately, like, I'm at, you know, I'm neutral uh, on it. If it's awesome, I might get pushed um, to a little, little toward the, the positive, enthusiastic. But if it's my idea... Right, dude, I have got energy for that thing. Like, hey, here's what we're going to do. You know, and I've got whiteboards and I'm sending her emails and, and web clippings, right? And so, um, so there's a dark side of that that I need to grow. Uh, I am growing in. Um, but it's really just the reality of the way that I'm wired. And so I've, um, when I've got an idea, I'll begin to kind of execute on it. And Pam generally will get on, on board. The other thing is my creativity with my kids comes in spurts. Not every day is created equal, and I don't know why. And sometimes I'll go out on a run and I'll come back and I've got 50, that's hyperbole, I've got five great ideas. And I've learned I better write them down and I better begin to execute them because I don't know what else is going to be there in the well uh, going forward. Right? I don't know that God's going to give me any vision or ideas uh, about how to spend time with my kids. Um, and so I write them down and I begin to execute them. Um, and they just don't all come in um, uh, this, the same way, the same speed. Uh, the third is just to make sure that you've, got, you've managed your energy. Um, I don't initiate when I don't have energy. And so, man, taking care of yourself, uh, working out, and for me, just going to bed on time has, has the biggest impact on um, how I initiate with my kids as anything else. Like, literally, my bedtime may have more to do uh, with how much I initiate with my kids the next day than it is my, my walk with Christ, or what, how I've abided that day, literally. It's a big deal, okay? Uh, and then fourth, just, just ask other dads, right? Whatever you're passionate about, you always 
um, you always get with other guys and say, man, what are you, what are you doing, right? So um, I don't know if any of you guys do CrossFit, but it's amazing to watch CrossFit people get together. And they, A, they just find each other. I don't know how this magically happens. A thousand people in a room and all the little CrossFit dudes will end up in a corner and they're talking about their snatch and they're talking about how their best, the best place to hold their wrist and then the shoes. And the, it, have you ever seen that, right? And they just share information because they're, they're passionate about it golfers, gardeners, whatever your deal is. Well, guys, I will just tell you for the next 18 years, if they're they're in your house, this needs to be your deal. And a great way to kind of be motivated, a great way to get ideas is just to ask guys, just as you would if you were like, had no life and all you dreamed about all day was CrossFit, right? Ask guys what they're doing. What's your plan for spring break? Spring break's coming up, man. What are you guys going to do? Summer will be here very soon. What are you doing to intentionally disciple your kids? How about your relationship with kids? What are you doing? Okay. Share. And that's where some of my best ideas, that's for, that's, that may be one of the best things uh, about being at Watermark for me, uh, is that I've had this imma- Im- immense wealth of um, superhuman dads in which I can just kind of ping off of. And I, I don't know what would have happened to me had I been in another church the last Uh, you know, 15 years, but I do know what's happened by being here. And I have been an an intentional dad because I have pinged off of other men. And and guys, I'll just tell you, um, you've been given an incredible resource here, okay? So uh, I think you guys probably started with at the beginning, what's your goal? Um, Why does uh, God have you um, as men, as dads in your kids' lives? And you guys probably looked at it, Deuteronomy 6, as will be my guess, is kind of where you started, okay? So let me just, just remind you that that is the thing. That's the thing. That is what we are on the hook for. Um, <laughs> one of the guys on our staff goes, uh, he always talks about, I need to know who's neck to choke. Like, who's accountable for this? Um, which is a pretty violent thing for a pastor uh, to say. But uh, the point is, like, who's on point and what's he responsible for? And if God is going to choke a neck in our family, uh, it would be ours. And the reason he would do it is if we didn't pull off Deuteronomy 6, okay? So God is not going to choke your neck. He wouldn't do that anyway. But he's not going to choke you because your kid's GPA is low. Your kid's batting average isn't what you wish it was or what you were in high school that your kid didn't get in a certain school or that his earning potential isn't as high as it could be. You're not accountable for that. Right? So don't play to a test that you're not going to be given. Play to this Deuteronomy 6 thing. And so what I want to do is just tell you how I think about all this, how I, how I think about pulling off this Deuteronomy 6. And I'll give you four categories that are just kind of scrolling through my mind uh, oftentimes. Okay, one is fun. We'll talk about that. The next is friendship. The third is spontaneous discipleship. And the fourth is intentional discipleship. And so Deuteronomy 6 is the bullseye. It's the thing. And I think these categories are a way that we can, that, that, that we can pull off this thing. Okay? So the first one is fun. When our kids were little, there's a little uh, guidebook of stuff to do in 
Dallas. And every single Saturday, I would wake up and I would have a plan to go explore something in Dallas. We would get donuts and we'd have a plan. The kids called it the book of fun. And we high-fived each other and we were just gone, man, just making memories. And our kids loved Saturday morning. Um, when they were little, their fa- I asked them a couple years ago, what was your favorite part about being young in our house, and they said, barbarian night. <clears throat> and so that was the night where we, uh, and this, this is gold, uh, those of you guys with young kids, so you're always yelling at them to sit up straight, eat with your utensils, blah, 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 blah. So barbarian night is no rules, no utensils, no nada, right? R- uh, eat your food how- however you want. And uh, spaghetti, any stuff that was messier was better. Not fried chicken, but like they always asked for spaghetti or something like that on that night. And it was just a way for us to have fun and just kind of as a pressure release. Um, there any competitions. Our kids love to compete. We've got, uh, we've got six of us in the family, so we just make everything into a game. Um, winner gets ice cream. Winner gets to pick dinner. Winner gets to do uh, whatever. Pam will spring our kids every year <clears throat> from school. She will pick them up, and she will go uh, during the school school day, go watch a movie. Uh, they'll go knock around town, you know, and they say never let your... Um, your kid's school get in the way of your child's education. And, uh, and so we, we just feel like time with, with mom and dad is more important than trig. Uh, we, we like trig. We think it's valuable. But uh, we spend, Pam, Pam is just, she's really fun. Uh, my boys talk about still this boys, um, boys weekend. And we would, um, man, we would uh, just do guy stuff. And we'd run around with our shirts off and we'd cook like we had this, um, you know, uh, this biggest burger competition and we just kept making it bigger and bigger until it was totally ridiculous. Um, and we couldn't eat, you know, half of it and we would make weapons and, uh, and they just like, just so fun to be, uh, so fun to be with that. I heard, uh, John and Jeannie Cox, they took a bunch of old boxes, like uh, refrigerator boxes and stuff like that, put their kids into teams and said, uh, you got to roll a duct tape in 30 minutes, biggest structure wins, right? So whatever it is, just to make it fun at your house. Now, fun's not the thing, but I think fun gives you um, the platform to pull off the thing. And you want to make your house the funnest house in the block. That's Wagner's line. Okay? Here's, here's why this matters. This will uh, be a bit of a mind bender to you. So I asked David Penuel years ago, I said, David, what are characteristics of the kids who, uh, of the families of the kids who go off to college and do well? And he thought about it for a second. And he said, you know what? All of them, their houses were really fun. I was like, that's... That's great. Like something, you just had a conversation and so something just happened and so that's why you said that. I'm going to ask you a couple years later. And I did. I just filed it away and I asked him uh, a couple years later. There's no way he could have remembered that conversation. And I asked him the same question and he paused for a second. And he thought and he goes, you know what? All those families, man, now that I think about it, they were all really fun. Okay. So our high school guys will tell you that kids who go off to college and love Jesus Right? So clearly, one of the characteristics of those homes where they loved Jesus and dad was pulling off the Deuteronomy 6 thing, there was something about it that was fun. So don't miss it. Okay? Look for every opportunity to make fun. And even if you m- miss, um, there's always a way, I think, to, to salvage it. Um, all in this section of this, with this story, uh, Kyle told me to tell it last time. Um, we go out, we're going to play um, 
um, Firefly, and because you ever play like a game with a flashlight, someone runs around and basically they turn it on for a second and then turn it off and you see them and you're supposed to run over there and every once in a while. Well, Dad in all his infinite wisdom goes out there like on a full moon, right? <laughs> so it's like, you don't need a flashlight. There they are, you know? And so the game's totally busted. Uh, and so we were at the park, I forgot what it's called, up in, uh, up in North Richardson where the, the golf course um, is. Uh, I don't even know, what, what park is that? Cheryl Park? Okay. And I was like, hey, guys, let's go out on the, on the golf course. And it's like, you know, 1030 at night. And so we go off, and we're having competitions, like who can do the craziest jumps off the green into the sand, you know. Um, and, and I tell them, I'm like, go, go over there, you know, with the next hole. Go, go over there. And it'll, um, go, hit, go hit that one. And, <clears throat> and so they go, and Pam and I start running back, and we just yell at him. We're calling the cops, and we took off, and, we, and all I see is like these four little kids, just like haul, uh, elbows and you know and knees, just coming towards us. And man, we laughed, um, and they still talk about that and all the just the fun stuff. So don't don't um, think about it as unspiritual. It's the thing I think that gives you right now. When I talk to my kids, they're like, "Well, Dad's a fun dad," and so he's talking about something that's serious, and that's uh, and and they listen. It just opens their hearts. Okay, so friendship is the other one, and. Um, guys, date your kids. Figure out what's free and fun. The Magnolia, I don't know if they still do, but they had free cookies and milk uh, like on Tuesday night. And I would take one of my girls and a pack of cards and we'd go down there and we'd chow down on milk and cookies and we would uh, play cards. And they loved it. And I would make sure that once a month I got some time uh, with each of my kids. Look for ways to, uh, to make memories. Um, tuck them in uh, at night. Do things that friends do with each other. Um, and... You know, this, um, four weeks ago, uh, my oldest son said, hey, Dad, um, I'm in baseball season, so we're not working out. Will you, um, will you take me to the gym and, and lift with me? Right? There's nothing to think about. I've got a 16-year-old boy who's going to give me a 45-minute window a day uh, into his life. There is nothing for me to think about. I actually was going to not work out, uh, not going to lift this year. There's nothing to think about. I get a chance to spend time with my friend, Okay, uh, not not in a we're not we're not peers, but there's a friendship component to this. And so, uh, I would just tell you, I've got lots of other thoughts on friendship, but for us, as friendship and fun is really um, the windows to do that are increasingly <clears throat> smaller and shorter, and so we have to plan out. And so, um, this summer. Um, we did this epic um, Southwest vacation, and uh, we hiked the Grand Canyon rim to rim. Now, I've got a 10-year-old, a 10-year-old daughter, and the people told me, you're crazy, you know, she'll die down there. Um, you know, turns out she didn't, and we trained like crazy. I was, we had to walk the stairs at the Watermark Tower, and I was nobody's friend at that point. Right? Dad, this is stupid. Why are we doing this? And so uh, we started at 4.45 in the morning, put our headlamps on from the north rim, and walked all the way across. It was 120 degrees at the bottom, and we came up the other side about 10 o'clock uh, at night. Man, kids high-fiving, we're praying, weeping uh, together, and like, Dad, that was awesome. That was awesome. And that's what friends do. In the summer before, uh, we took 13 days and we did nine major league ballparks. We started in Minneapolis and worked our way all the way over to Toronto, uh, 4,100 miles. And we're trying to chase down all the ballparks uh, before Dawson graduates or whenever it happens. But that's the kind of stuff that friends do. And do we get time to disciple them? Absolutely. I remember at Niagara sitting down and talking about their, their future mate and what that would look like and who they needed to be today. 
who they, who they were becoming today, what kind of impact that was going to have. It all happened, but there was fun and friendship that, that helped us pull that off, okay? So just spontaneous discipleship. Just know that everything is um, a discipleship opportunity. Always look for ways uh, to disciple. And I can tell you a hundred stories. I mean, I remember having a snow cone not too far from here, and uh, everybody got a fruit flavor. And we just said, hey, let's go around and talk about the fruits of the Spirit. What fruit of the Spirit do you see in each, each one of these kids, right? Um, anytime there's conflict, anytime there's, they've messed up, it's an amazing opportunity uh, to, to disciple your kids. And so um, yesterday, uh, my oldest told one of his friends he couldn't be in his uh, work group for something that was going on, um, <clears throat> some project they had together. And he just, his friend said, hey, can I be in? And Dawson said, nope, you can't be in our, in our group, right? Three guys told him no. And the reason was, was because last two times he's invited him in, the guy has uh, uh, not pulled his weight. And so we talked about it then. Hey, what, do you, what do you think is a Christian response? What's wise? Um, is this the first time? No, it's really the third. Okay, what does the Bible have to say about that? Um, and then he told him, and it did not go well. And so last night, right, I wasn't, I wasn't on my strategic plan for discipling uh, my son, but we talked about how, uh, how he should respond today, right? And I just left him, um, you know, a text this morning driving up here, gave him some scripture, told him I thought he was, he was, he is ready for that conversation. Uh, and how he still, even though it's, it's okay to kind of tell someone no, you don't ever get a chance, you don't ever have the right or the uh, freedom to be ugly or not be a good friend uh, to somebody. So just kind of talking him through that, right? That's not in anybody's curriculum. It's just the stuff that comes up. Dating, um, internet stuff. Man, take your kids' phones and sit down with their uh, um, Instagram feeds, right? Go, go out, sit down somewhere and say, man, let's just look at who you're following. Look at what they've liked, right? There was one, I remember sitting down with one of our kids a couple, uh, about a year ago, and he had liked something that was just making fun of somebody else. And I was like, dude, that's really funny. That's really funny. And you can't like that. Like, I'm like, you can't as a Christian uh, like that and say that's funny um, to, to the world. How do you use your social media as a, uh, as a way to encourage and disciple others? It's not just about you, right? And kids are so doggone focused on themselves. One of our kids, we got out of the canyon uh, this summer, and they took a picture of themselves, and they said, I'm, I've, I made it. <laughs> and someone said, how about the rest of your family? Did they, did they make it, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and so that's always our running joke. It's like, hey, man, you made it. Anytime we all pull uh, together as a family, and, and, uh, and we've all done something, we go, hey, you did it, man, you. you know? and so it's a joke that uh, he's probably tired of, uh, of hearing um, there. So um, and then intentional discipleship, okay? Just having a plan, man. Uh, the thing I miss most is my rides in the morning with my kids. I used to t- be able to take them to school, and now they're driving. And uh, that was our time, man, to listen to Scripture, to, to read Scripture together, to talk, to pray. Uh, and I would have something that we were going to talk about this month, and, um, and we would just kind of talk it through. And so, um, man, just share with what you're learning from um, God's Word that morning uh, with them. And so in the summers, we memorized Scripture together. Uh, we did Philippians 2, uh, uh, Psalm 3. Uh, Psalm 101, the Navigator Wheel, James 1, and we would do that as a sum- through the summer, and then we'd have a big celebration, uh, and we were just dirt poor, so we'd have a um, yard sale, and we'd make some money, and then we'd just go blow it out as a, 
Um, you know, something fun. We used to do that with the kids. Uh, take your kids to Haiti. And some of you guys are planning these crazy trips to Italy with your kids. I mean, I, I hope to take my kids to, to Italy at some point. But, um, man, take them on, a, take them on mission, okay? Um, and then think about just kind of milestones. I think there's some of that in your, um, uh, in your, in your notes. And uh, so when they were, you got to make sure they're believers. Um, I don't know if Kyle's going to talk through that. Um, that's a whole, that's a whole hour um, conversation, but um, you're making sure they're saved. Um, when they're about 11 or 12, um, what we did was do the um, passport to purity thing. If you, if you guys I highly recommend that resource, um, it's kind of getting them ready for dating and uh, purity and things like that. And so um, just the way I did it with our oldest was uh, we just got a date. We went down and um, saw a uh, Astros game. We just drove down to Houston. I got some videos from guys in his life. Kyle was one of them. I just held my phone up and said, hey, will you, I'm going to go spend um, 48 hours with my son. Will you just give him a word of encouragement and a challenge, right? And so he made, uh, he had he had five, six of those, which he loved. Uh, we still have them. And uh, he would ask on that, on that weekend, hey, Dad, did you have any more of those videos? I got them, buddy. Just, you know, let's hang on. Um, so we, 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 had, uh, we had all the conversations, right? So part of your intentional discipleship is you've got to get these guys ready. Um, you've got to help them navigate the, the culture and pornography and aggressive girls and their buddies who laugh about masturbation and all this stuff. That's your job, right? And so just getting him ready. I remember talking about uh, wet dreams, right? How many of your dads talk to you about wet dreams and what to do with that, right? Exactly nobody. Um, and I was like, listen, dude, here's what happens. You know, there's gonna, your body's just going to go, hey, it's been in here long enough, and it's going to fire it out, okay? It's what happens. And uh, your mom is not going to be freaked out. I'm not going to be freaked out. doesn't necessarily mean that you've done something wrong. Now, if there's something you've been indulging in something, that's probably going to happen more frequently. Um, but when that happens, just let us know. Mom will wash your sheets, no big deal. Right? And he just feel. I think he felt like I'm, I'm, dad is getting me ready for this season. And those are dividends that we're um, still, still uh, reaping. So uh, that was 11, 12. Uh, at 13, we just do something with them, whatever kind of they want to do. And so Dawson wanted to go to Wrigley. And so we, I mean, we road tripped hard. Um, St. Louis saw a ball game, um, Wrigley, White Sox drove back. I mean, it was whirlwind. And we just got in the car and we said, listen, dude, you're 13, you're a teenager. We want to uh, have a relationship with you, right? We're, cha- we're transitioning into something uh, new and different. And there's going to be times where we're correcting you and, um, and you know, it's going to feel like we're on your case. But we want you to know that we are for you and we love you and we want a relationship. Let's go do stuff that friends do. And so we road tripped our oldest daughter. <laughs> I gave her some options. There's more to the story, but she said, I want to go to a, ho- a nice hotel and watch movies all weekend. You know, I was like, what? You know, we could go and choose. That's what I want to do. So I just sat there and watched Harry Potter and about 10 other movies I didn't want to watch. But that was, that's for her what it looked like to be a friend. <clears throat> when they were 16, um, we did kind of a, a passage, a, a manhood passage. The guys in our community group got together, uh, wrote them some notes of encouragement and some challenge. We had a big uh, crazy meal uh, together, and then I found myself giving him a sword, which is something that I'd heard other guys do, and I'm like, dude, I'm not doing that. That's cheesy. That's like, uh, I, I think that's 
that's dumb. I'm not getting a sword. And so it was about three months before that. I was like, okay, man, I need a good metaphor. I need something that will really resonate that I can tell him he's got power as a man, but also he can be, be dangerous. And I need a, a memento to mark this. I was like, oh, dude, I'm getting a sword. All right. So yes, yeah, so I, so I got him a sword. And it's like a real, like, you know, like not, not ornamental. Like you can go out there and chop stuff, you know? Um, and, uh, and we talked to that became the metaphor of, uh, man, you're a man. And you have the power to bless and protect, and you can do some serious damage, dude. You're growing into your body. You've got, a, you've got a mind that you can use for good or for evil. You've got a tongue that you can use for good or for evil. Um, this is no game now, dude. You, you are becoming a man, and we're going to treat you as such until you give us a reason not to. And so he wanted to go, don't judge me, man, but he wanted to go to the Grand Can- back to the Grand Canyon this summer and hike rim to rim to rim with his buddies. And I was like, yeah, you can do that. Now, problem was he couldn't convince any other parent uh, to let him do that. <laughs> so dad's probably going to be going uh, there, okay? Um, so those are some of the things. I don't know what we're going to do at 18. I-, I always thought I would do some theology at, at uh, 16 or um, some kind of shorter catechism uh, with them. They go to a Christian school, and so Pam and I just thought, you know what? That's just not their, um, their biggest need, candidly. They don't need more content. And so we didn't do that. But I think a rite of passage where they memorize some kind of shorter catechism and you tee them up, you know, hey, um, you know, son, what is the chief end of man? You know, and, they, and you've explained all that to them and you have some rite of passage ceremony. I think that'd be awesome, okay? And so we, the other thing at 16 we did was um, we celebrated with the men and we celebrated with their friends. And um, just kind of did something together. And I don't know what we'll do at 18. Um, that, that's still coming, but have a plan, okay? So fun, friendship, uh, uh, spontaneous discipleship, intentional discipleship. I've got a document with some of this on there. If you'll email me, I'll, I'll shoot you uh, some of my ideas, okay? And so, man, I, I don't know. I think, I'm, I think I'm past my time. So let me just close with this, okay? Uh, Psalm 90, 12 um, says, Teach us to number our days aright so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So if you hear nothing else, I feel like I, I want to talk about this for two hours and I feel a bit like I'm in a straight jacket. Just hear this, okay? Uh, your kids will leave soon. Uh, if they've left, they'll be out of college soon. Whatever it is, this, this thing is, is, sh- is shortening uh, every day, every second. You now have one hour less to invest in your kids than you did w- when you sat down here. And when we understand that, I think we live wisely, okay? And remember, remember this shot clock. Remember it is ticking down. Um, and, and here's, I'll tell you, here's a thought that's just really driven me um, recently. Um, <clears throat> is that, man, I, I love my kids. Uh, I'll do anything for them. I, um, I'm so proud of them. I'm frustrated by them. I know they're... Uh, there's sin patterns and I'm praying diligently. And so I love these. I would do, there's nothing I wouldn't do for my kids. And as much as I love them at the end of the day, because they're gods, they, Dawson is God's son. Madison is God's daughter. And he created them and he gave his life for them. And so every morning in my house are four little people who are created in the image of God and they're his kids. 
I've got four of God's kids in my house. I don't have four kids that just biologically, you know, my sperm and, and Pam's egg met and gave us this lump of cells. These are God's sons and daughters. And for this moment, for this short moment, God's given you one of his sons, one of his daughters, and said, I trust you, and I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to hold you accountable to form these guys into my image. It's a sobering task, but man, it is a lot of fun. Leverage each other and, uh, and stay humble. So, great. I'd love to. I'd love to. Father, that you would trust us with your sons and daughters is, uh, man, it's terrifying. Candidly, it is terrifying. But we take it that since you love these guys so much that you created them, that you died for them, that you're going to walk with us as we imperfectly try to steward this moment well. So I pray you give these guys a next step. Not 50 that overwhelms them, but a next step on how to have fun or build a friendship or uh, spontaneously disciple or intentionally disciple their kids. Father, would you give them some wins? Would you help them see their kids move towards you? Um, but would you, <laughs> would you burn on their hearts, burn on their brains, this, the seriousness of this call uh, and the shortness of this opportunity? In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, sorry to interrupt. Good conversation. It's always hard to stop stop that around the tables, but we want to honor your time. As always, you're welcome to uh, hang around, talk as long as you need to. Um, hey, one of the things I want to mention to you, hey, it's okay if you guys want to keep meeting, right? Just because we're kind of officially stopping this thing doesn't mean that y'all have to. And uh, on that sheet of paper you've got on your tables, it just talks about kind of equipping next steps. One of the options is to kind of keep meeting uh, as a group. And if you need curriculum ideas, that's kind of what our job is, is to help you. So you can email Danae and uh, we'll sit down and we'll talk about what you guys need, what's best for you. But we know that there have been some great connections made here, some friendships made here, and would love for you guys to keep going. Also, if the routine of Thursday morning is really helpful uh, for you, Summit just started last week in Dallas. And so if you want to jump in at the Dallas campus with Summit, if that works for your schedule and your geography, that's another great place to do that. Equip Disciple starts uh, coming up here at the middle of May. Uh, that's another good, really good structured basics. How do you grow as a believer? So it's how to study your Bible. It's how to memorize scripture, how to grow in your faith. And so if that feels like the right thing for you, that's another option. And then also a deeper dive just to give you, I've mentioned this a couple of times, but that is a, uh, basically it's a one year discipleship program that meets every single, uh, every week for a year that's highly structured in terms of journaling, scripture memory, prayer, all that kind of stuff. And if that's something that that you think you're interested in, let's talk about that. I've got two or three guys on a waiting list that have said they want to do that. And so if we can get another six or seven more that want to, we'll start another deeper dive uh, group as well. So we'd love to have you jump into that. So my point is, make sure you know what's next. Just because dad's class is over doesn't mean you stop growing as a follower of Christ. So let me uh, end with this. A couple of things. One, you, you heard some 
folks up in front of you give a ton of ideas about how to be a good dad. I, I just, I've said this every time I've gotten the chance to, hey, God's grace covers a multitude of parenting mistakes. And so I can sit there and I can listen to John talk about the Grand Canyon trip. I can talk about that and ah, I missed it, right? And so just guilt and shame is not from the Lord. Okay, this is about us just taking one or two things to uh, be a better dad. So I just want want you to remember God's grace covers a multitude of parenting mistakes. The second thing um, I want us to do, I would love to kind of change our culture a little bit around here in community. We don't celebrate wins very much. Uh, And so just as you guys have wins in parenting, I think you need to talk about that, right? We got to a place in my community group with my guys that if my girls, you know, had 20 points in a basketball game, I'd text them and say, hey, my girls had 20 points in a basketball game without wondering what people were going to think about, am I arrogant? Am I prideful? I'm just trying to, you know, we just got comfortable with, hey, share wins together on this parenting thing. It's a, it's a hard journey. And so I'm going to tell, tell you guys a little loss and a win that I've had in the last 24 hours. So I'm leaving today about 1030 to disappear for a couple of days. I've sent surveys to my daughters and my wife and uh, I'm going away for a couple of days and uh, have some guys kind of peek into my world over the last year. And one of the things we evaluate is what kind of husband are you? What kind of dad are you? And so I got the results back from the surveys, losses and wins, right? And so one of the things my wife said on her survey is there's a particular thing going on with my uh, youngest daughter. And she said, hey, I feel like I am alone in shepherding her in these particular areas. And I am like, whoops, that came in the email last night. Uh, and so I've got, so we're going to talk about that. What can I do? How can I help you? Um, because part of it is I don't feel as strongly as she does about this particular issue. And so how do I love and care for my wife and how do we have good conversations? That was the loss, but I'm going to read you a win that overwhelmed the loss. And so I got an email back from my daughter and, um, I'm just going to share that with you because I know a lot of you guys in here, are in the throes of two-year-olds, three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, just the younger kids, and you are slugging it out, right? You are getting no feedback from your kids, okay, about how you're doing as a dad, right? It just feels like Discipline City, as they get into elementary school years, they're starting to smart, smart off to you, all that, and you're not getting any feedback or any win. So I'm going to give you a win that I got yesterday, okay? And just the goal is to let you know, hang in there, keep going, it's worth it. Here's what one of my daughters wrote to me. Um, hey, Dad, friends have pointed out lately that they see me knowing, turning to, and loving Scripture and have asked how Scripture became such a big part of my life. As I thought about it, aside from the overwhelming grace of God, I think you instilled a love for scripture in me. I've told so many people how you get away for days at a time just to be with Christ. That has taught me to turn to truth and to abide with Christ without you ever saying a word. Back to modeling. I spent hours by myself with Jesus the other day because I've seen you do it when life gets crazy. And there truly isn't anything better I could have done. Thank you for teaching me to build my foundation on truth and the love of God's word. That's something that even many believing families don't focus on. And it leads me to freedom and abundant life every time I make that choice. And so I just want to tell you, stay the course. 
right? Your kids are two, three, four, eight, ten. Keep spending time with Christ. Keep modeling. Keep training. Keep praying. And then keep trusting God with your kids. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for these men that have sacrificed sleep, have sacrificed time. They could be doing something else to talk about what it means to be a dad. And so, Father, I pray that as we heard a lot, got a lot of ideas, that we would not be moved by guilt and shame. We would be moved by encouragement and conviction to grow in our ability to love our kids, to love our spouse. Father, we cannot transform ourselves. Only you can do that. And so we finish our class by offering to you our hearts and our minds and saying, change us first. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a great day and a great week.